young. Rap brain to rap brain, we stand. No leverage, no demands. Earth is a battlefield. <laughs> you are listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares. I'm going to make a fucking song out of them. We suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald. I'm a local comedian and oh, 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 oh. <laughs> With me, as always, is film critic, Hi, Daniel Barnes. Hello, everyone. As Corky said on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them on our unique system. Run-of-the-mill bad film, it's rated a dare, and we give a double dare to the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised film that we think is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our wonderful celebration of John Travolta with Travolta Timber and a review of his 2000 movie, Battlefield Earth. Yeah, we're reaching back a little bit and forward to the year 3000. <laughs> now, does that blow your mind or not? In addition to this review, we're going to read a couple movie dares sent in by our listeners. Before we get to all that, Daniel's going to tell us about the beer we'll be drinking during the show. Well, wouldn't you know it, I brought another beer from our friends at Revision Brewing Company in Sparks, Nevada. I think we may have actually done this one before, but it seemed very fitting given the film that we're watching. We have Planetary Fog, Northeast-style oh, yeah. double IPA, 7.5% alcohol by volume. You got your Amarillo, you got your Mosaic, you got your Citra, and of course you got Galaxy Hops. Uh, and it's, of course, just a super hoppy, super delicious beer, but also appropriate because whoever wrote, produced, greenlit this movie was clearly in a planetary fog. In a planetary fog. This is damn good beer. I say it all the time, but Revision is just cranking out some winners. Great, great IPAs. Our first dare came to us from listener Corrine Lemke. Corrine's been shouting us out. Her and her husband, Charlie, have been shouting us out on social media. Oh, Lemke. Thank you both household. of you to listening. She dares us the time traveler's wife. Mm-hmm. This is a 2009 movie starring Eric Bonin and Rachel McAdams, directed by Robert Schwenke. Schwenke. Corrine's dare goes like this. What the fuck with this movie? So many questions. Like, was this all an excuse to film Eric Bana's butt over and over again? Is it even possible for music to swoon for an entire movie? Womb travel? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) There is some seriously disturbing child grooming literally spliced with the sex scene. This movie is both frantically over-explained and annoyingly dragged out. I found it both terrible and hilarious. IMDb succinctly puts it, a Chicago librarian has a gene that causes him to involuntarily time travel, creating complications in his marriage. <laughs> it would. <laughs> it like really a, would. Sounds like a terrible sitcom. <laughs> yes. Or a terrible movie starring Young Eric and Nailen. old Sheldon at the same time. Have you seen? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> have you seen The Time Traveler? I have not. I have not. I, I like it. Eric Bana. I would you, like to have see you his heard butt. of it? Do you even remember it coming out? Was this during your no watching movies for Yeah, the last movie I period? saw was The Butcher's Wife. The Butcher's Wife. <laughs> that's a time traveler's life. Uh, I no. only watch movies about people's wives. <laughs> that's it. Give me a profession and a wife, and that's what I'm watching. <laughs> but I haven't seen this. I have seen the movie. I had to go back on Letterbox, and if you want to know all of my yeah. ratings of all my movies, go ahead and follow me on Letterbox, Barnesyard. And I gave it a pretty low rating. Pretty low rating, but I had seen it. Uh, yeah, I, I remember it being pretty bad. Okay. I miss Eric Bonner. I liked him. But I think he's still in movies. I miss him anyway. <laughs> you just miss him. He doesn't, he doesn't write me back. Call me. Well, you know, you've got the time traveler's <laughs> wife, and apparently it's just an excuse to see his butt, which is what you were looking for the entire right. time. 
I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Thank you, Corinne oh. Lemke, for that dare. Next dare comes to us from Ben Rice. Ben Rice, of course, uh, host of the Barley and Me podcast. He also dares watch a little movie called Warcraft. Yeah. Good that episode. That was pretty good. What do you got for us now, Ben Rice? He's got Death to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie. 2002 film directed by Danny DeVito, written by Adam Resnick, stars Robin Williams, Edward Norton, Danny DeVito, and Catherine Keener. Do you know this movie? Most people know this movie. I know right? this movie, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Long time ago. Liked it? Didn't like it? I did like it. Did like it? Yeah. You were one of, I guess, a minority, according to Mr. Ben Rice. Why did Ben want us to watch this movie? He says it's a savage takedown of the children's television programming industry starring Robin Williams during arguably the most abrasive part of his career. Ed Norton finally playing a not-psychopath, maybe. Catherine Keener at her pre-40-year-old virgin peak and directed by national treasure Danny DeVito. This movie was so bizarre, so aggressively mean-spirited that critics and audiences absolutely hated it, but I think it's packed with wonderful quotes, jaw-droppingly daring sight gags, and brilliant performances across the board except Jon Stewart. You guys should do 2002 America's Dirty Work. That's what we do. And actually watch this with no preconceived notions. IMDb synopsis. Kid show host Rainbow Randolph is fired in disgrace while his replacement Sheldon Mopes, a.k.a. Smoochie the Rhino, finds himself a rising star. Unfortunately for Sheldon, the business of kids' television is an all-child's play. Yeah, I like this film uh, as well. Yeah. wasn't a huge fan. It was just a little too kind of self-consciously a dark comedy it, it was just a little too obvious you know i would i it, it felt very bobcat goldthwaite bobcat goldthwaite makes very deliberately unlikable yes. movies yeah that's absolutely. what this tried a little too hard to be it was but with ben's dare now i just want to see a national treasure reboot starring daniel Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> or just the clues are about danny devito yeah it's a national <laughs> the treasure was in our hearts all along <laughs> it's just a retrospective of his work so thank you very much ben rice for thank the dare of death to smoochie and everybody go listen to ben's barley and me podcast yeah absolutely and now our feature presentation the john travolta 2000 classic bomb battlefield earth this came to us via michael begemery thank you michael for the dare his dare goes like this Battlefield Earth has been a bumper crop for nearly every bad movie fan out there. Can you find some more unscathed parts of its body's flesh? Can you torture it even more uniquely? <laughs> the IMDb synopsis, it's the year 3000 AD. The Earth is lost to the alien race of Cyclos. Humanity is enslaved by these gold-thirsty tyrants whom are unaware that their man animals are about to ignite the rebellion of a lifetime. Whom are unaware? Whom that, are can't unaware? Right. <laughs> that can't be right, IMDb synopsis. Yes, today's film is Battlefield Earth, a.k.a. Battlefield Earth, colon, a saga of the year 3000. It is, of course, based on the 1982 novel by author and Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard. The book in paperback form is over 1,000 pages long, and the film only covers about the first half of the book. This movie was, I believe, intended to be part one of a two-part saga, or part, it was a saga, so it was part saga, it doesn't matter. Uh, Hubbard had talked about a film adaptation as early as 1983, almost got made in 1985 by a director attached, and they were working on putting stuff together, but the funny did not come together. Hubbard died in 19. 86. John Travolta, of course, noted Scientologist. He wanted to make this film for years, originally envisioned himself as the human hero and not the alien hero when he was a young man. 
But he, of course, could not get studio financing. He was at a kind of a low point in his career in the 80s. And then 1990s, a little something called Pulp Fiction happened. Suddenly, Travolta, hot again. Get Shorty. Bunch of other movies that were just big hits. Michael and Phenomenon. Those were just solid hit movies. He was suddenly a big star. So what does he want to do? He wants to do Battlefield Earth, baby. Only this time he's a little older. He's a little more mature. He's going to play the villain of the piece, Turl the Cyclo. Travolta even contributed millions of dollars of his own money to help fund the project. He described the book in interviews as, quote, like Pulp Fiction for the year 3000. Really push it hard on that. Apparently, originally approached Tarantino to direct. I don't want to live in that alternate universe where that happened, but I just want a glimpse. You want to visit it. I want to see if we have, like, horns coming out of some part of our bodies. Like, did humanity just evolve in some crazy fucking way because that movie happened? I don't know. We'll never. Yeah, right. Like, what happened? (laughs) Dinosaurs now roam the Earth somehow. (laughs) It just happened that way. But, yeah, it didn't happen. So, you go to number two option. Who do you call after After Quentin Tarantino? I go... Roger Christian, yes, then best known as assistant director on Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Really, that's where I go. I go, and then I'm like Coen Brothers, Paul Thomas Anderson. You yeah, know, I, that's my hierarchy, right? Okay, <laughs> that explains so much now, though, of, of the situation that happens in the movie. Yes, uh, he was actually suggested by George Lucas. So Roger Christian is the director, of course. John Travolta is said stars as Turl. Forrest Whitaker stars as Turtles, uh, co-stars as the sidekick Kerr. Barry Pepper plays the human hero, Johnny Goodboy Tyler. More about that name in a moment. Uh, the production was controversial, of course, because Travolta's ties to Scientology and some suggestions that the Church of Scientology would both influence and benefit from the film. However, according to Travolta, quote, the truth of why I'm doing it is because it is a great piece of science fiction. I'm going to be the wickedest nine-foot alien you've ever seen in your life. His promotional quotes for this movie are <laughs> gold, baby. Gold! Film was released May 12, 2000 on 3,300 screens. Like I said, Travolta was just about the biggest star in the world at the time. So the movie did not actually do terrible the first couple of days. Actually came in second place in its weekend. Word got out fast, and the movie fell off 66% in the second week of release. 85% of the gross came in the first 10 days. That's crazy. Of its complete gross. Domestic gross of $21.5 million, Production budget of $75 million. However, it should be noted that production company Franchise Picture was sued by investors in 2004 after it was found they overstated the film's budget by eh, $31 million. The actual budget was $44 million. The rest was padded and presumably went into the pocket of franchise head Eli Samaha. Uh, apparently, the German company Entertainment AG said they only funded the film because Samaha forced it as a package deal with the Wesley Snipes movie The Art of War and the Bruce Willis film The Whole Nine Yards. That is one of the most terrifying packages ever not carried by a terrorist in onto an airplane. <laughs> that is just like, what a package that is. That is a trifecta of turns. <laughs> Entertainment did win the case. Franchise was forced into bankruptcy. Samaha liable for $77 million in damages. He hasn't had a film credit since 2007. He also got divorced from his wife, Tia Carrera. Wow. He had it all, baby. Right. And he lost it all. The film 
Not popular with audiences, not popular with critics. Three on Rotten Tomatoes, nine on Metacritic. David Edelstein of Slate said that it is, quote, a picture that will be hailed without controversy as the worst of its kind ever made. It received nine Golden Raspberry Awards, won every award it was nominated for, for the Raspberries. Also took worst picture of the decade in 2020, worst in the last 25. This is one that has won like three worst picture Razzies somehow over the years. It's just like <laughs> they, just they keep won bringing the 25 back? year anniversary Razzie for the worst movie. Which tells you that it's probably at least interesting. Corky, I've seen this film many times. Sure. As I told you, I own it on DVD, so I was just able to pop it right into the old DVD player and just bring it right up on the old television. Yeah. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy this film. I think it's fantastic. I believe you said it was your first time ever watching it. I had and never seen it before. You may not have that same reaction where you are going to want to watch it over and over and over again. So, Corky, that is why I've decided that you will not have to rewatch this film another time. I've decided <laughs> that you will have to rewatch this film another 50 times with endless options for renewal. <laughs> options for renewal. Options for renewal. I want everybody to know that wasn't a bit from the movie. <laughs> Daniel just talks to me that way. That's how I talk to you. Rep- I'm a scheming evil thing in my kiss boots. Corky. Yeah. I think this movie is amazing. To me, this is like the best worst movie. I want to turn this around. You typically ask me a question. Bring it. We usually do not do movies on here that we've seen, especially movies that we've seen and are very familiar with. Sure. We want to bring light to movies that are, have been forgotten. That's not a question. I'm getting to the question, <laughs> Senator. Senator, I'm getting to the question. What made you want to do this for the episode? Because it's just legendary. It's legendarily bad. I mean, we did put up a poll to decide which movie we were going to do, and there was, I think, three or four other movies. And this one wiped the floor. Yeah, this one was Absolutely by far wiped and away. the floor. I mean, I th- it's just so notorious. And as, of, I was, Actually, let me say, none of the other options we gave, moment by moment. Staying Alive, staying I think, alive, was Staying Alive. Those all even got outvoted by write-ins. So, like, there's so much bad trouble <laughs> yeah, out there. There's a lot to choose But this from. is by far and away the one people want to know about and hear about Yeah, and, and maybe have never had the guts to actually sit down and, and watch it and, and take it apart. And, of course, I have done many times. But as I was saying, there's a, a documentary called Best Worst Movie that is about Troll 2. Uh, which is ranked on IMDb as one of the worst movies of all time. And it's about the people who made Troll 2 and they're sort of flirting with this sort of pseudo fame that they get from being the worst movie of all time. It's so easy, though, to go after something like Troll Troll 2 that was made for like 10 cents with non-professional actors. This movie was made with the biggest star in the world at the time. It was his vanity project. It was his baby. It was made for a lot of money. It's in a popular genre. Yeah. This was made, it's released on May 12th. This was supposed to be a big freaking hit. It had a lot of backing. So much going on for it. And holy crap, it's, it's not just bad. It's not ordinary bad. It's special bad. It's sublime bad. It's so bad and so wrong for so many reasons. It's just absolutely fascinating. And best of all, because you have Travolta right there in the center, who is just 50 shades of going for it in every goddamn moment of this thing. And it is stunning to behold. Stunning. That's part of why I wanted to ask you this question was because I think I feel about it how you feel about it. It's two decades past this movie coming out, and I'm coming to this movie totally unfamiliar with it. 
but I want to talk about this yes. movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. want to discuss this movie. It's so original in its badness, especially for a movie that is made to be a mainstream, big budget film. Yes. Starring a big movie star. I want to hear other people's opinions about this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a uh, term called mise-en-scene, which Mm -hmm. kind of means arrangement of things within the frame. This movie doesn't have a mise-en-scene. It has a (laughs) mise-en-stench. This is one of the ugliest movies you have ever seen in your life. It is unbelievable. So let's get into it. Opening crawl. Earth has been ruled for 1,000 years by a cruel alien race from the planet Cyclo. We also find out that Earth is, quote, one of the many planets they colonize and mine for precious metals. Gold. Gold! <laughs> gold! Is the rarest and most valuable metal of I all. I love gold! <laughs> <laughs> and you think, okay, that's enough of the on-screen titles. Nope. That's it. Nope. And now we get some Rocky Mountain shots. And again, another title, Man is an Endangered Species. <laughs> like, we didn't get that yet, okay? But man's an endangered species. Aliens now rule the Earth. It's the year 3000. Can you dig it? That had to be a song in the 60s. <laughs> So we see these shots of the Rocky Mountains. We see this ragtag camp of sort of like Cloud Atlas style future men. You know, they're like the Tom Hanks in the last part of Cloud Atlas. Uh, No, I don't know Cloud Atlas. You don't know Cloud Atlas. You don't know Cloud Atlas. There's basically, they've gone back to, they're they're in the future, but they've gone back to a primitive state. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They are standing in leather and braids and they're outside Mm -hmm. a big cave entrance that looks like a big vagina that goes into this cave. And there's a woman there, and she's waiting. She's waiting. They say it's too late, but there's a man on a horse. Dude, we are fucking, this is the opening of our movie, (laughs) and we're already, like, he comes riding up. She's told he's he's been gone too long. He's dead already. He comes riding up. None of that is dealt with any kind of passion, any kind of, oh, you're still alive. Nope, he just hops off his horse. There he is. He's told his father died. Yeah, he died. And this is our hero, played by Barry Pepper. His name is Johnny Good boy Tyler, he is referred to that name zero times. You only know it zero a, times. Yeah, he's called Johnny once. He but is no. called man animal <laughs> by all of the psychos. Rat brain. He's called rat brain or he's called greeter yes. by his own people. There's no good boy Tyler no ever. No Johnny, no I don't even think there's a Johnny. There's certainly <laughs> no good boy Tyler. I remember when I saw this movie, went home and looked at it on IMDb cuz I saw it in the theater. I yeah. actually saw it in the theater. And was shocked to find that the character was named Johnny Goodboy Tyler and not just man. It's like at the end of Layer Cake when you realize you never learned his name. <laughs> and this movie realized, like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Johnny Goodboy Tyler, he's a bit of an outsider in his own community. There's talk of his defiance. Yeah, he finds the gods, took your father. Uh, and this is the first of many pointless slow motion scenes where he just sort of screams to the heavens. We are 60 seconds in, and we've had a slow-mo overlay, we've had a split-screen dissolve, we've had incorrect islands, eyelines, and the angles, she be Dutch. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, everything is a tilted angle. So much slow-motion inserts, and then everything is like a single color. If it's outside, it is this like piss-yellow stained color. If it's inside, it's either green or... Or blue, and if it's on Cyclo, the couple of times we go to Cyclo, it's purple. Right. Everything's purple. Or sometimes it's orange. Like, and there's no, 
I was trying to figure if there was some rhyme like, or reason why to is, these. Why is it blue here and green yeah. here? That yeah, no, it's just it's it's just so green ugly for looking. some reason. It's blue for some it's reason. It's just these ugly colors that saturate everything. The sounds spook the horse that we're just talking about, and it leads to a slow motion stunt that is obviously not Barry Pepper. (laughs) It is so not Barry Pepper, and you get a full view of this man's face. Yes. (laughs) So there's all these rumors in this cave. They're all just these ragtag humans that are in In this cave. cave. They're in the vagina cave. There's rumors of demons and a forbidden land that's somewhere out there beyond the mountains. And the elders say that God has abandoned us and we need to just wait for the gods to come. Yeah. But, but Johnny's like, I'm an arrogant greener, which we explains is called that because the grass is greener <laughs> on the other side. That's what he says. It's what they call him in this world. <laughs> That's made it a thousand years. <laughs> like the what colloquialism grass? that the grass is You're greener. You're in the fucking mountains. You There's live no in a grass? cave. There's no Joneses like, next what? door. <laughs> That's the what the grass is How literally not survive? greener but yeah he's an arrogant greener he's an arrogant greener so he's gonna go out looking so his t- he takes his horse out and he gets spooked and yeah he, he falls and he finds out it's a dinosaur he attacks it but it's just a miniature golf course yeah there's some random miniature golf <laughs> course in the colorado mountains golf course. <laughs> somebody built one at the foot of the rockies he encounters two other men and I love this guy, Carlo, Me that too. he encounters, because oh, oh, Carlo oh, oh, always oh. makes ape noises. Yep. He's just like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> They have a little bit of a standoff. And their dialogue, that, oh, it's But he com- goes from ape noises to perfect English. He does. And later on kind of mocks some people who go like, woohoo, or something yeah. like that. He's just like, come on, dude, you're an ape. But yeah, they have an encounter. They go into a mall together to hide. They call it a cave because they're freaking human. They don't know what's going on. They don't know. There's a whole culture has been lost. Even the establishing shots of like a building are slanted. Trash. Even like, just like, here's the shot. It's a 45 degree Dutch angle (laughs) of walking into a fucking building. Like that can be effective. Like Hitchcock uses that, but it needs to be used sparingly and in an effective way. When you said 50%, I was like, that seems low. (laughs) That probably is low. That probably is low. But yeah, just about every other shot is with at a tilted angle. For why? For what end? For what? It makes no sense. There's no, yeah. Really, it's just so, so cheap. So they go to hide in this mall and they're about to fight over something but then the cyclos finally come in. The cyclos hunt these men. They shoot them with this Nerf gun that shoots like a Nerf ray and blasts Carlo to like the back of the building. Yeah, and we thought that ultraviolet had bad CGI. <laughs> the laser effects on this from the cyclo gu- oh guns, yeah. or just the just the shots of the buildings, it's the worst it's CGI so you can imagine. Bad, so bad. So the cyclos, nine feet tall. Huge heads, Mm -hmm. dreadlocks, sure, kiss boots, monster hands, (laughs) ray guns, sure, yeah, and a breathing apparatus, which basically looks like everyone has earbuds in their nose. That's right. Yeah, that's a good description. (laughs) That's pretty fun. Yeah, right there. They look like nine foot Jocelyn Wildensteins. (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever looked, look her up. She's the cat lady. 
<laughs> yes, but they're also wearing trench coats, which I'm assuming are to hide the stilts that all the actors are oh. very, very wobbly walking on. They move so slow. Like I said, half this movie is in slow motion. The other is Cyclos moving slowly in regular motion. Yes. It, it looks so uncomfortable. They walk like the stilt man at the, at the circus. Yeah. And these are supposed to be like the most powerful creatures in the universe. They're out colonizing all these planets and mining them for their natural resources or anything. And they can just like barely make it. <laughs> so Johnny escapes. They, they take Johnny and Carlo and some other people prisoner. Johnny escapes. The action is basically like an insert shot in close up cut with someone falling down in slow motion. Yeah, that's it, man. I mean, it just looks so bad. Everything is incomprehensible. It, nothing matches. Nothing no, matches. No, like no the, eye lines, no action. And no like uh, screen direction or nope. anything like that. It, it's just, it's complete nonsense. Johnny gets shot and he does the Blade Runner crashing through <laughs> the glass bit in slow motion, like the scene from Blade, Blade Runner where the uh, replicant gets shot in the back. But just and imagine it uninteresting. Like, yeah, but imagine no like eye. a really boring version of that with uh, Barry Pepper. Johnny again escapes. He he just keeps escaping keep, and fighting a, back he's constantly. An he's an he's an arrogant greener. Sure, this is what he's doing. This is what arrogant greeners do. Yeah. I assume the cyclos all live in this giant glass enclosure that they call the dome, or at least the man animals, which are the humans, call the <laughs> dome. <laughs> yeah, inside the dome, it is all blue light, or yeah. sometimes all green light, or sometimes all yellow light. Yeah. Okay, I think one time all orange light also. Yeah, pick. <laughs> yeah, it's just like whatever it is. It's some sickly color that is very hard to look at. Uh, and inside is just sort of this kind of like really shitty looking version of like the Blade Runner city of fire kind of skyline sort of thing, right? Like it's just these nondescript buildings and pollution and fire, but uh, terrible looking. And yes. Blue for some reason. But yeah, Johnny uh, grabs a gun, he shoots one of the cyclos, and he falls at the feet of Turl, who is played by John Travolta. John Travolta, yeah. Holy, holy amazing shit, John Travolta. What I love is that as he comes in, at first we just hear him speaking in his cyclo language. Yeah. Which is just these grunts that sound like... And then eventually as he's talking... It morphs into John Travolta's voice, which is more like, I'm a cyclo. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, the grunts really did not capture the haughty disdain of Pearl. Because suddenly, when we hear John Travolta, he is an effete villain. He is like one of the the guys from Revolution. Yes, that's exactly it. He's an effete dandy fop. He's an effete dandy fop who is just like a horrible villain. Oh my God. So someone tells him that this human this who he calls a man animal man animal man animal that's their name for the humans that a human grabbed a gun and shot one of the cyclo guards which of course he says that's ridiculous show me again because that's a man animals can't do anything man we hate man animals man animals are just primitive creatures yes so he says show me again and the guy says but sir i might get shot and he says are you out of your skull bone (laughs) are you out of your skull bone (laughs) 
<laughs> he points at them with his monster hands, and these prosthetic fingers wiggle. Anytime they motion with their hands, no. you see their fingers the hands, wiggle. The hands. How? You should never see those hands. <laughs> never see those hands. But yeah, he basically coerces the guard to give Johnny Goodboy Tyler his gun. Johnny Goodboy Tyler kills the guard, and... Turtle's like, oh my God. And well, does hey, uh, the was first right. of many maniacal laughs. Right. Oh my God. But Johnny keeps fighting the cyclos. He's taken away to prison, but he keeps fighting, right? He grabs this scene where he's getting hosed down. Sure. He grabs the hose and he t- puts it on his cyclo captors. Uh, so Johnny's still fighting. The cyclo leader now teleports in. Zeet? There's this whole thing where they can teleport between the di- the different planets that the cyclos and they're using Warcraft technology where the teleportation <laughs> is like five miles large <laughs> and it's teleporting big. one guy. That's too big. Cut back on your exp- energy expenditures. <laughs> but yeah, he he teleports in. Turl refers to him as Your Excellency, and of course he's very disdainful of Earth. Yeah, he calls it pathetic when he says, "Okay, so this is where I thought the movie was trying to like." explain away how shitty they walk in, on, on their stilts. He's like, I hate visiting these puny planets. The gravity is so different. <laughs> and I thought that was the movie trying to be like, all right, let's talk about why they like, walk this why did fucked they do up this? way. They look so bad. <laughs> and he says, quote, this has got to be one of the ugliest crap holes in the universe. What's up with crap, man? They love that. Good time to mention this is former presidential candidate Mitt Romney's favorite book. Is it? It is. That's bananas. Well, the Bible is his favorite book. Yeah, okay, This is there. his favorite novel. That makes so. good. This is his uh, second favorite science fiction novel. <laughs> We're also introduced to Kerr, the ex- executive assistant of Turl. He is played by Forrest the Cowardly Lion. I mean, Forrest Whitaker. He does look but like holy a, crap, does he look like he the Cowardly does look Lion? Like him and a it lot. is hilarious. But Turl is Turl's the chief of security on this planet. He's basically stuck here. It's like a shitty job be stuck on Earth. They don't like man animals. They compare them to dogs. Did they exterminate dogs? Was that uh, the discussion they were having? How the dogs weren't that good at manual labor? Although I, I guess you would call it dogual labor. Hey, I mean. So now we have this sit down with the leader and with Turl and with Kerr and with this guy who. I assume he's a cyclo. He's an albino with like a very large throat. He looks like the fat vampire from Blade 2. <laughs> yes. Turl is informed that instead of his long overdue transfer, he will be given another term of service. Turl is very upset. He says, don't you know that I was top of my class at the academy? The fucking academy that these giant <laughs> trend-locked aliens all go to. Uh, they come around and they say, that's why we've decided not to keep you here for another five cycles. We've decided to keep you here for another 50 cycles. Because they're all schemy. They love being technically oh, correct. They love to scheme yes. and they love to get leverage over someone else and hold that leverage over them. You think I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> What what really fucking floored me was that they believe in hell. Right. He says yeah. the the best thing is that someday you will be dead and you will be in hell and it will still be better than this place. Christian hell made it to these cyclos. <laughs> know, right. How about that? But yeah, this leads to a lot of really slow motion evil laughs at Turtle's expense. 
And apparently this is punishment for a dalliance with the senator's daughter. I want to see that movie. (laughs) Right? So His Excellency returns to Cyclo, and Turl goes to get drunk on Carbango. You get a shot of the fucking senator returning to what cyclo city or whatever the planet that's it i mean you just get a shot of a a teleportation device activated and then it cuts right back to earth which is just to later be like hey remember this purple this is what it looks like it's purple remember purple (laughs) that's the one that blows up yeah so turl goes to get drunk on space booze turbango keep coming gleep glop kerr was supposed to get turl's job when turl went back to cyclo so kerr is kind of like what's the deal this actually sounds like a pretty good job. I was going to get your job, and now you still have the job. So, like, why are you so pissed off? And uh, to which, of course, Tur replies, "While you were still learning to spell your name, I was being trained to conquer galaxies." We got to start filming these because your performances are <laughs> so- getting fucking better and better, dude. We go back to the man animals. What are the man animals doing? Fighting over food like man animals do. Like man animals. But Johnny Goodboy Tyler, he is a Christ figure. He's not having any of this. Do you remember how we, when we were introduced to Johnny, there was the millisecond of tension about whether he was going to come back <laughs> and when he comes back to his love? There is a millisecond of tension in prison about we are going to, one guy's a bully in prison. I'm, I eat, everybody else gets to eat after me. Yep. And Johnny's like, no, that's not going to happen. Okay, we're all following you now. That's about it. <laughs> well, he beats the shit out of the yeah, guy. Yeah, but I mean, come on. It, it, it happens in 20 seconds. Johnny gets everybody on his side in his ideas oh, yeah. in less than 20 seconds. He beats this guy up, and then he makes the classic speech that fixes everything for no reason whatsoever. Nope. So we find out Kerr has found a gold vein in the Rocky Mountains. He was going to save this and, and give it. Uh, when he was head of security. But Turl finds this and uses it as leverage, leverage. because he loves getting leverage. We get a people. long scene that describes what leverage oh, is. Oh, boy. But the problem is the Cyclos can't mine the gold because it's a, a reason that doesn't matter. It says they call it bre- breathe gas. Instead yeah. of just fucking saying air or oxygen, <laughs> they, they call it breathe gas. These are people who are supposed to have taken over the planet in nine minutes. <laughs> Essentially, the Cyclos can't breathe Outside of their dome, the humans can't breathe inside the dome without some kind of breathing, without breathing apparatus. Yeah, without but the there's bre- something that will react badly with their They all breathe thing. right strips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they can't do it. So Turl gets the idea that he will use man animals, man animals to mine the gold and keep it hush hush. At which point he goes to the man with the large throat and tells him about his plan and he says, Man animals operating machinery? Have you blown a head gasket? <laughs> but cyclos, what do they love? Profits. Yep. And not the profits like Kirk Cameron. The good kind of profits. <laughs> the profits that you can spend on Kerbango. Yeah, so they're going to go ahead with this plan anyway. Johnny escapes again. Some smokestack collapses for some fucking reason. Something collapses. Yeah, something like a, a spaceship clips it. Fred Dibna was up there <laughs> taking down a smokestack. That reference is for like three people who watched the BBC in 1980. <laughs> 
Write in if you got that reference. Don't write in. There's nowhere to write in. What are they going to write in? Don't write in. Write your senators. <laughs> write your senator. <laughs> <laughs> write Eric Bana. Tell him I'm lonely. <laughs> so yeah, Johnny Goodboy Tyler escapes again. He's chased again in slow motion by the Cyclos. They take his breather and kind of let him go. Again, because cyclos are so fucking stupid. But they just let him go, and they're like, well, he'll die in a few minutes. And he runs in and finds a bunch of other humans, and they all share yeah. their thing. Here's the thing. When he runs into this group of humans, they are all like doing manual labor. They are all swinging hammers. They are all stoking fires. They are all doing all sorts of things. But when Turl comes up with this idea that man animals can be trained to mine gold everyone is like you're fucking crazy bro you mean the creatures we have doing all of our manual labor look around seems like your entire civilization for the last thousand years has been built on man animal labor why the fuck else are you keeping all these man animals around there are so many moments like that in this movie that i didn't even recognize that one everyone who says it like the have you blown a head gasket later on they're like turtle has gone completely insane and why would this happen this can't happen they can't do this they are nonstop doing that exactly that. There are moments where, like, so the humans are not no, supposed to know what the cyclists say at all because they can't speak their language. There are moments where they react to what they say. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, wait, did I not know in this scene? This movie is know. so it's bananas. A, oh, fuck, it's so sloppy. It's so sloppy. 3,300 screens this got released on. Fuck. Major fucking motion picture. Unbelievable. So, anyway. Johnny lives. He's fine. Whatever. Turl traps Kerr into a taped confession so that he can get leverage yeah. over him. Uh, and he catches Turl talking about, quote, those corporate crap heads. Crap is crap that's lousy. Like, I, this is the thing. Why did, what is crap lousy like a common term? <laughs> right? This crap lousy crap ceiling. Crap lousy. There's a part when he's describing the leverage when <laughs> Kerr says, how the crap should I know? There's no way of knowing that, sir. And Forrest Whitaker is so disinterested in delivering this dialogue. Puffy. Yeah, just throw crap in there every now and then. Crap lousy. So Turl has leverage over Kerr. But now Turl and Kerr want leverage over Johnny. So, sure. What? How would you do that? This, this part makes no fucking how sense. Do you do, how do you get leverage over a man animal? Release him into the mountains. So that he make can him f- pretend, make him think that he escaped, <laughs> so and he when can- he realizes that he's escaped, he's going to celebrate by eating his favorite food. <laughs> we will then wa- monitor and know his favorite food, and then give it to him as a treat. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? what? The That's plan? a really complicated and pointless plan. I, yeah, I, I, release them into the mountains. And watch them find their favorite food, which, of course, they're all starving because they're released into the mountains and, and freezing, and they find a rat. The thing is, he says that, and then the next thing you see is they're on the top of a mountain. It's like, you don't know how it happened. You don't know what. They're just there. They're, they're just, just there. there. How yeah. long it's been. But they find a rat, and they eat it because they're starving, and, of course, they're like, oh, they love rats. So they, that's a that's a whole thing. How? Oh, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> So, but they are surveilling them using these button cameras, which are just buttons that they put on their shirts. But Johnny Goodboy Tyler, because he's always a little, he's a little sharper than all the other man animals, right? Yeah. And Turl has noticed this. And this is why Turl is kind of like taking a special interest. So Johnny Goodboy Tyler finds the button cameras and takes them off. And at first Turl is like, 
a man animal can't notice a button camera. <laughs> like, it's like, you're about to trade them to buy gold, but they won't notice it. Like, what the fuck is your... Oh, fuck. But yeah, that happens, and, and Earl yet- gets extremely upset and starts to rave and then hits his head on the ceiling and yells, Ah! Crap, lousy ceiling! I told you to get some man animals in here to fix it! Can man animals do things or not? <laughs> now that you're going to have them fix a ceiling, you're going to have them change the structure of your ceiling. Oh, you wanted a cr- you wanted a lousy <laughs> ceiling. We thought you wanted a crap lousy ceiling. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, we put crap lousy ceilings and floors and everything. It's like man animals can't operate a gun, but they can fix a ceiling. Yeah. Like, that's opposite. Of like a normal thing. Guns, that, sure. That scene also ends on Forrest Whitaker like smiling like he thought he was off camera. Like, I can't believe I'm fucking saying this dialogue. <laughs> but the check cleared, right? <laughs> they f- they find where they are in the mountains somehow. He's taking their cameras off, but somehow they just know where they are. Yeah. They capture them again, and Johnny is now taken to a learning machine. Because, again, Turl has the best ideas about anything. So now he's going to teach Johnny Cyclo. So... Maybe this is the time to bring this up. In a movie filled with contradictions and things that just don't make sense, are the Cyclos smart or not? They they took right. over the planet yeah. in nine minutes. Nine minutes. They've taken over several planets. All over the galaxy. But Turl makes the wrong decision at every Everything fucking turn. Everything they do is so stupid. It is so stupid and miscalculated. It's amazing. And yeah, so here's the thing. Here's Johnny. He's the smart one. Really the only dangerous thing, but ah, fuck. Teach him everything. Here's Teach the- him everything about everything. Because not only does he learn cyclo from yeah. this learning machine, he learns you, math. Euclidean geometry. He learns art. Somehow he just learns art. All the art's How do you gone. teach art? I don't know. <laughs> he just knows art now. He knows basic principles about art. He knows molecular biology. Yeah, it's and he starts teaching the other prisoners. So Johnny is now he's Neo in the Matrix, yeah. right? Like he's he's seen the Matrix. Now he's going to start waking up that some other scene people. where he goes back to the prison cell and he's drawing a triangle in the dirt. <laughs> he's teaching the other cavemen Euclidean geometry. I never more empathize with Mrs. McLean, my eleventh grade geometry teacher. I was like, <laughs> I get what you were going through. Right. I understand because I was Carlo in that. Oh 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 oh. <laughs> so back at the village back at the cave village and woman i don't think she has a name she certainly doesn't have a personality her name is chrissy she's woman she's just the woman i knew she's the one woman in this movie basically there's two well one has a 18 inch tongue yeah we're counting kelly preston yeah uh cyclos ain't women yeah i said it you cyclos but yeah, the horse, Johnny's horse returns to the village. <laughs> I thought that horse was dead. Right? No, he just bucked off him and ran away. So the horse is fine. The horse returns to the village, and the woman decides she's going to go out after him. Johnny is coming up with a plan to escape. Of course, Turl is sort of like, well, that can't possibly happen. A man animal getting leverage over a cyclo? That will be the day. Actual line from the film. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Johnny's plan to escape, of course, fails. He doesn't realize that the guns are not loaded. Uh, and Turl is very upset. How does he punish him? For literally no reason whatsoever, he takes him to the Denver Public Library, <laughs> where he explains the entire history of the cyclists on Earth. He tells them that the Earth soldiers were exterminated in nine minutes. 
Remember this later when the Cyclo army gets mowed down by a ragtag group of cave dwellers. But yeah, Turl's explanation for why he is taking him to the Denver Public Library. He says, you can look at anything you want because there's nothing that will help you. What? <laughs> what? What? Why take him there at all? Why take him there at all? When he tells them everything humans ever knew is in this library and it's available to check out, it was like there should have been a wonder grow on <laughs> thing behind it. Or just like, visit your public libraries. But yeah, Johnny picks up the Declaration of Independence. So there's this very uh, inspiring shot of Johnny being very moved by the Declaration of Independence. And Turl finally comes up and says, Satisfied? That none of this will help you? It's like, wait, what? Satisfied? Who gives a shit if he's satisfied or not? No one cares. But yeah, Turtle takes them back. He shows his marksman ability. Yeah. By shooting the legs off of cows. Just starts randomly shooting cows. And remember, everything that is here is just here after a thousand years of humans basically now, almost it, being extinct. That was another thing. Is it a thousand years? When did they say that the takeover happened? Did they ever say it? That is a good point. I don't think they ever said that. No, because they, they said they've been on the planet for a thousand years, and it's in the year 3000. Okay. So presumably the cyclist hit. So technology ended in 2000, according yeah. to this movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was Christmas time, because there were Santa things in the mall. <laughs> well, October. I mean, uh, yeah, September. Really. I mean, earlier and earlier, you <laughs> is, is, is there a Sam's Club in the mall? Then, like, June. <laughs> So, <laughs> Lord. this digression, this digression has been brought to you by Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. But as he's shooting the legs off of the cows, Turl is suddenly overpowered by, you guessed it, Scottish man animals. They're, they're just Scottish they man animals. They just come out of they're nowhere. Just there. They're, they're just they there. They love those cows. <laughs> we there. have no idea who these Save fucking people are. Save our bloody cows. But they're led by Richard Tyson, who the last time I saw him was late night Cinemax on Two Moon Junction <laughs> with Sherilyn Fenn. So, yeah, they overpower Turl. Johnny has the gun. He can kill Turl, but he kind of decides, he basically tricks Turl into believing that, that he's still on his side and he's still going to mine the gold because they want to kill all the cyclos. They just don't want to kill one guy and run and then every, they all the humans are going to get exterminated. Yeah, I don't think we said it, but Johnny is the one who can talk to Turl. He can talk to the cyclist. He's learned on the, cyclo on the learning because machine. of the learning machine. Yeah. yeah. So he can he has some basic knowledge of the language now. And they, Turl has also captured Johnny's girl. Just did, some, to whatever. She's how, just there. How do they know she, she was, she's like Daisy in Revolution. She just shows up. She's <laughs> like, right there. There I am. How do they know they needed to get her? How do they know where to find her? <laughs> just, yes. It's just there. So they're going to put this basically bomb around her neck and turtle is going to have the detonator but he has to show johnny that he means business first so he yeah. puts it around some other guy's neck johnny of course because he's a man at his last hope he says you know please please don't do this i'll do whatever you say i just promise me that you won't kill this man and turtle says all right i won't kill this man and then they make it again okay fine and then walks over and hands the detonator to Kerr. i said I won't kill this man. That's the fucking level of shit. He's like, he just has like a mustache. He should be twirling the entire time with like a cape and a top hat yeah. tying people to fucking railroad tracks. It's so crazy over the top villain mode. This is the 10th time this gambit has been played to <laughs> everybody. Like this is how the Cyclos game each like other. Like just walks right into it too. Like, have you not figured out this guy's MO after a fucking <laughs> while? Like, it's really... 
Oh. When Kerr blew up Sammy, yeah. he goes, stupid humans. <laughs> and I think that was Travolta talking to all of us who decided to watch this yes, movie. exactly. How dare you. Speaking of Travolta, his wife shows up. Hey! It's Kelly Preston, and she plays Terrell's new secretary with the two-foot-long tongue. Which 12-year-old me was in suggestive, fucking heaven seeing Kelly Preston with all the women in this movie, though, too, the, or both women, I should say. All the, the two women. The two women <laughs> in this movie. One is just like emphatic that they have to have kids together, her and Johnny. Yeah. This one needs a house bought back on Cyclone. Oh, right. I know. She, like we said, she's Turl's new secretary, and she tells him, I'm going to make you as happy as a baby Cyclo on a straight diet of Kerbangos. Somebody wrote that right. line. <laughs> Somebody sat there and wrote that line. Somebody delivered that line. Somebody filmed that line. Uh, it all happened. So now Turl, you think he's done scheming? Probably done scheming. Eh, wrong. This is the note More I scheming. Wrote. This is the note I wrote. Kerr and Tarl catch that one guy doing something. <laughs> That's about as described as it is in the movie. Big throat guy. Yeah. Now they have leverage over him. Essentially, Turl now is just the amassing power. He, he runs, runs Earth. Earth. Yeah. He runs Earth. He's unstoppable. And he wants to get this gold and like keep it for himself and take it back to Cyclo because he's been wronged. He's yeah. not going to share it with the Cyclos. He's going to keep it for himself. So Turl, probably done with the bad ideas, though. No. You know, he's got no more bad ideas. He's pretty much had his no worst ideas. ideas. Yeah. So let's teach Johnny to fly. Let's teach Johnny, the fucking human, who is like the only guy who knows anything, to fly. Let's grab Spartacus <laughs> and arm him. What? <laughs> right? My God. My God. It's like, should we cover the Empire State Building in bananas before King Kong comes? <laughs> just to make sure. Just to make sure that he doesn't get it. Like, what the fuck? It's so like, it's like the one guy who can bring down your entire fucking race. Yeah. Let's smarten him Let's up. Let's get more skills, more sure. skills. Yeah, they'll never defeat us if you can't fly. So they teach him how to fly in this flight simulator. And which, by the way, the graphics in the flight simulator look almost identical to the graphics later on in the film where there actually is a fight. <laughs> Not happening in a simulator like with actual spaceships. It looks like if you grew up with our generation, when you, in 1985, you go to an arcade and this Star Wars game where they would be, you try to fucking hit womp rats with your T-14 or whatever, that's what the graphics look like. <laughs> Turl just compounds bad ideas on bad ideas because now he's like, now that I've smartened you up, now that I've got you in charge of a few people, now that I've taught you how to fly, I'm going to leave you alone for Take a little bit. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. See ya. Two weeks, Barbados. But Peace. I am going to surveil you yes. with something that will just sit there and watch you the entire time. No. Nope. Something that will fly over like a rocket once a day. Periodically. It's ridiculous. Something that is crazily easy to fool. <laughs> like It's just a fucking amazing. Well, we can hear it coming because it's like a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> There's smoke what? trailing behind it on the horizon. The fuck, put it up in the fucking atmosphere where people can't see it. And if, if Turl has the bad ideas, then Johnny has the brilliant ideas <laughs> that are just as insane, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so all the prisoners are dropped at the mine. Johnny, <laughs> they're not going to mine the gold, though. They're no. not going to mine the gold, even though they said they're going to mine the gold. They're going to pretend to mine the gold. So Johnny tries to explain this plan to Carlo. Here's how he explains it. He picks up a stick. He's like, okay, you see the stick? Snaps the stick. All right, 
what goes here and what goes here and then throws the two parts away it's like <laughs> a girl is like hey listen i know i'm a grunting man animal i know i grunt like an ape i know that but you don't got to talk to me like an idiot yeah the stick was not necessary in there the visual aid we both speak the same language the visual aid was snap a stick what goes here what goes there yeah. That's like, what the fuck? I like it too. Johnny was like pre- preparing it like it was a dirty dozen <laughs> takedown like model. You got a model. <laughs> nope. No. So what they're going to do, they're going to go and get gold from Fort Knox. Yep. And use the time where they would be tr- uh, mining to train the men and gather radioactive material to use against the cyclos. Sure. They're going to fly to Fort Knox because he now knows how to fly a plane. And again. Fort Knox, which still has electricity on, by the way, because the the vault's all lit up. Everything has electricity. They go, they find a flight simulator later. But we, so again, remember the the library that Turl said would be of no use to anyone at all. Remembering that all the cyclists want, literally all they want. All they want. They don't want our culture. They don't want anything. They don't want labor. They don't want man animals. They don't care. They just want precious metals, especially gold. They didn't look in the library for gold. No. They didn't look for mines. They didn't look for like any fucking thing. There's a huge building just filled with gold. The most important thing ever, the entire reason that you are sending people, teleporting them all over the galaxy to this horrible shithole called Earth. It's just like fucking mind boggling. Like the cyclos are not, it's not just this group of cyclos that is fucking botching everything. Like cyclos are idiots for thousands of years. Yeah. It's no (laughs) attempt to ever find any gold, but like, what the fuck were you doing for a thousand years? (laughs) We can't go mine gold. Who was mining gold the whole time? Not man animals, because that's crazy. (laughs) Ah! So they travel to, naturally, the ruins of Washington, D.C. I don't know why. They just do. And their plan is they're going to blow the dome, not the Capitol Dome. The Cyclodome. They're going to blow the dome. Cyclodome? I saw Cheap Trick play there in 86. But yes, that's their plan. They're going to blow the dome and then the cyclos won't be able to breathe. And then they're going to send this radioactive material and try to teleport it to the cyclo yeah. planet. So they do find Harrier jets yeah. and Fort Hood, which are just fully operational yeah. after sitting there for a thousand years. They do all this in an afternoon, apparently. This is all just like montage style yeah. stuff. It, it happens very quickly. He, they go into a flight simulator. There's a whole like arming the bomb type of. I mean, this is just. It really accidentally comes here. on a screen behind them that uh, shows them how to dismantle a nuclear yeah. bomb. Mickey, the idiot who was just touching everything, and then Again, he a thousand years, all the energy, all the electricity ha- still works. It just all comes on. It just conveniently comes to that page on disarming the radiation bomb. <laughs> so they give the gold to Turl. It is in smelted gold bar form. Anyone with any logic would be one of two things. You would either be incredibly suspicious because when the fuck did you learn how to smelt gold? Yeah. And also, how did you smelt gold? You don't have that equipment. You're, you are at a, a you a don't have that cliff skill. face that where there's, there's like literally of no gold. way for any of this to ever happen. Certainly not just in the fucking mountains. So you would either be crazy suspicious or you're a moron, and you would be really happy because you're like, oh shit. 
this is way better than rock gold. Yeah. This is actually smelted gold. It's very easy for me to transport. Uh, Turl is neither of those things. He is upset and not suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the fucking dumbass fuckers. So Johnny, he's starting to learn a little something called leverage. So yes. he starts talking to Kerr. Mm-hmm. Trying to get a little leverage over Kerr. He gives him some information about these private recordings that Turl made. Because at some point, apparently, we never saw it, but Johnny broke into Turl's private vault. Found some tapes. Found the tapes. Immediately came up with the full context for it. Right. And now is explaining it to Kerr. What? This is written by L. Ron Hubbard. Isn't this what Scientology is? Recording people (laughs) and holding it against (laughs) them? them. No, that is a a thing that bad people do. Oh, my bad. We kind of cut back and forth between what's happening with the humans and what's happening with Turl and Kerr and Johnny. The humans start to escape from their prison. They all leave and they start to revolt, which is a nice twist because up until this point, uh, just the cinematography was revolting. (laughs) So I love the way you padded your papers like David Letterman. That was fantastic. Yay. Hey, hey, wow. (laughs) Kerr. Now he has leverage over Turl and he's going to use this information on him. And Turl is like, oh, good. You finally learned how to get leverage over someone. But he say, he wants to know who is his source. Who is his source? Who could it be? Oh, who could it be? Give me a hint. This is how actually happening. Yes. Uh, and he's You've like- you got to see this performance. I won't tell you. I won't tell you. And then Turl suddenly is like, could it be the bartender? And produces the bartender's head. To which I was like, bartender? Bartender? When the fuck is the bartender figuring into any of this? What about Johnny? He's the one who gave you this information. Why is the bartender in this? You now? also have to think that. So when he walked in the room, Kerr unloads that, hey, I've got leverage on you. And he has to scheme and pretend that he doesn't know who he, <laughs> he already he had the bartender's head. <laughs> the uh, he cut already- that head off for some other reason and then just used it. So amazing, yeah. The head was just there in the room. The thing is about this movie, it's got so many millions of dollars behind it. The production and the filming is so fucking ugly, but not just that, the props. Oh, boy. They all hold machine guns and stuff, like they're plastic machine guns. All the metallic things, you can see that they're styrofoam painted metallic. Everything. It's so cheap. Very cheap here. It's ridiculously cheap for such an expensive movie. When you find out that the producer was embezzling the yeah. entire budget he snorted the profits <laughs> like, yeah, exactly just like apparently there was talk the cinematographer i think was saying that his lighting rig like his kit on this was the smallest he had ever worked with like everything was super bare bones oh. because essentially all the money went to the above the line town and went to travolta well, and forrest whitaker and all the other people up travolta there. flew in his own private chef to feed the actor sure the craft services was so bad <laughs> I'm, I'm serious yeah, right. that makes sense so now we get some just incredibly poorly shot and edited action scenes. Johnny is running from the cyclo gods. They cyclo guards. They shoot every single column that he runs by. Like just unload on these columns. Yeah, and he just runs by as the shrapnel kind of he flies l- around. He him. runs through rocks for runs right there a in third slow of this motion. Movie. Yeah, on a, with a canted angle. Turl is alerted about the human revolt. He says, "I'm busy." Yes, you. 
Don't bother me with those details. He runs Earth. This whole plan is predicated on these humans. Believable. So there's a scene with a missile launcher where Carlo is on top of the dome. There's one of the cyclo spaceships comes up on him. He shoots it. The spaceship swerves out of the way, but the heat-seeking missile comes around and kaboosh. Uh, and now it's time to blow the dome. Johnny didn't want to blow the dome, and now he says, time to blow the dome. Blow the dome. Blow that dome. But, oh, Turl comes up and grabs Johnny. Oh, but the dome, it's already blowing. It's already blowing. So Turl orders all the man animals exterminated. But guess what? Guess what, Quirky? What's happening? Quirky, guess what? What? Dome doesn't blow. What? Dome doesn't blow. So Carlo, Carlo, who already shot them with the missile, he's like, I'm going to be the hero of this thing. Johnny is just running around in slow motion <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Through rocks. <laughs> he decides, I'm going to be the hero. So he gets into a spaceship, crashes into the dome. So that's going to blow it, right? And wrong. Dome, don't blow. So Carlos, what does he say? I'm blowing the dome. He doesn't say piece of cake. <laughs> he says, I'm blowing the dome. How did piece of cake last <laughs> as a colloquialism? They don't know what fucking cake is. What's cake? So yeah, Carlo blows the dome. He shoots his missile launcher at the explosives and then blow the dome does blow. Glass falls everywhere. Cyclos just kind of start flying everywhere. So for some reason, Cyclos... It all like reacts badly with their breathing thing. Because no, but they don't just like collapse. No, and no, yeah. They start like flying off screen. Yeah. They just get sideways, blown falling. away. Their buildings all get blown away. Everything just like gets all blown away. So and I tell you, up. Denver hasn't taken this much of a beating <laughs> since Super Bowl Forty Eight, <laughs> uh, or Mork and Mindy season two. <laughs> that was Boulder. So yeah, the city falls to pieces. Uh, Turl, Turl, still fighting. God bless his heart. He calls the Cyclo War Center, tells them to start the gastro extermination sequence. I don't know what that means, but apparently it means get a bunch of cyclos and get them here and kill all the fucking man animals because we go back to cyclo very briefly and we see the hundreds of cyclos. They're all ready. They're all ready to do their thing. But while Turl and Johnny are fighting, what happens next defies all just logic of, of everything. But effectively, so remember there's the detonator. There's the bomb that is around yes. the woman's neck and Turl has the detonator. Johnny gets the detonator away from Turl. Right. At the very same time that she gets the necklace off somehow. Just comes she off. She just comes off. Like, it just comes off. She didn't think to do that. No. She's like, should I take it off? Or, oh, it comes oh, right it comes off. Oh, right, it comes so right I've, off. I've been walking around with this thing. Oh, my God. Well, there's a clasp. Yes. This <laughs> is a little, you hold it down and then pull. And that's it. Boom. So that's off. Then Johnny gets the necklace. Yes. Somehow. Somehow. Puts it on Turl's arm without Turl knowing it. And then Turl gets the detonator back and is like, I'm going to blow up your girlfriend. And does it and blows his fucking arm off. But like, how the fuck did he know anything? Oh, jeez. It just doesn't make any sense. It's no. just like everything is just right. I mean, it's like the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like, that that's just going to be there. We'll, we'll decide why later. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's just like, that's there. The necklace is there. The detonator's there. It's here now. Turl doesn't know that someone put a metal clasp around his arm. Yeah. Probably because it's just a dead foam fucking well, monster. He hand. has no reaction when it blows off. It's <laughs> the second time a, yeah, a, a cyclo like, loses their huh. arm and they don't react. Yeah. Bummer. He's mildly displeased. Uh, but yeah, that blows up. And while all, during all of the confusion, Mickey, Mickey the idiot, is, gets teleported to Cyclo. Mickey's with, been walking with around all, he's just with wandering a nuclear in the background. weapon in his pants. <laughs> he's holding it like a baby. So he gets in there, he teleports to Cyclo, and with two tears coming down his eyes, 
blows it up and basically blows up all of cyclo civilization. He blows up the whole planet. Blows up the entire planet because they're all evil. And Johnny and woman embrace and everything is fine now. Turl. Turl. Still alive. Imprisoned at Fort Knox because what do we humans love? Ironic punishments. <laughs> yeah, think about that. They had to they like fly him out there. Convenient. Not convenient. <laughs> they go out there and put him in there. And they claim that they're keeping him alive for leverage, but it should be noted that Turl actually dies in the book at this point in the mm. book, which is like I said, about the midway point. And presumably Travolta Turtle is only kept alive because Travolta would be needed for the a sequel. sequel. Exactly. Did the whole planet blow up in the book? Yeah. All of the cyclos blow up in the book. What the fuck is happens like, for the next thousand pages or whatever? <laughs> intergalactic bankers. <laughs> yes. Intergalactic <laughs> bankers come to repossess earth. Yes. Christ. That's oh mighty. Abbots. Oh my God. But yeah. They tell Turl they're keeping him alive for leverage. Turl says to Kerr, what kind of crap lousy game are you playing? And Kerr says, look at it this way. At least you finally got your gold. Crushing irony. And then the Twilight Zone credits roll. They have this sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark style camera pullback. You see he's a small figure surrounded by all of this gold. And it's ironic because he loves fucking gold so much, I guess. The end of the movie. Quirky, that's your movie. It's called Battlefield Earth. Yeah, man. Fucking bananas. This movie's crazy. I couldn't stop thinking about this movie all day before we started talking about it. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It really is wild. Travolta. Holy moly. Well, it's why we dedicated this month to him, because he does not get cheated in no. screen time. No, 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 no. No. You watch an interview with the man and he says he likes to disappear into characters. And I'm like, you are right, sir. <laughs> yes. You go to places you I don't want to ever see anybody go. And you do not stop. No, absolutely not. Yeah, as uh, as we talked about in The Fanatic, it, it is a weird sort of integrity that yeah. he's like, I'm going to do this. And I don't care who the fuck says this is a terrible yeah. idea. This is my idea. I'm doing it. No quarter, man. No quarter. I am going full bore fucking dick hard through the fucking wooden fence, man. Yeah. Like, I am just fucking all the way. And boy, boy, howdy, does he do that. <laughs> and he is so, so crazy. And there are some, he's not the only one reaching for the fences on no, this one, man. it's true. I mean... Certainly Forrest Whitaker is just like sighing through a lot of he, this. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker is just trying to keep balance. But yeah, the guy who plays the Your Excellency who uh, comes to visit and puts him there for another 50 he milks cycles. It. Oh boy. Yeah. Barry oh Pepper boy. goes for it. Sure does. He does a lot of running. Sure does. I like the guy who plays Carlo. Uh, he goes for it. <laughs> in his little- They're all going for it. It's so good. It's so hilarious. It's like, what the- fuck what the fuck i can't even believe this movie got made but it did and it's glorious god bless it it's called battlefield earth final thoughts before we give our final ratings. thoughts it feels like elron hubbard saw star wars mm -hmm. and said i want to write a movie that like that is a popular thing yes that is a very popular science fiction i like to write science fiction he wrote battlefield earth and devoted a large segment to it to bureaucracy and banking yes 
and, and then, psychology, which is the and, real well, yeah. villain in the Scientology, Scientology yes. church. It should also be noticed that, as I did a little reading about the book, something that does not make it into the movie is that the Cyclos are actually controlled by a race of people called the Catrists, mm. who have put something into their brains which makes them super aggressive. Cyclocatrists. 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 Oh Jesus! Yeah. See, I thought yeah. it was just—I thought it was an homage to Psycho Less of the Beat Nuts, <laughs> which I was all on board for. But um, he saw Star Wars. He wanted to write. Said, "I'm going to write that, but I'm going to involve bureaucracy, bank, yeah. banking, and like you said." Psycho- then the makers of the prequels saw this and said, "I want to use banking and trade delegations and <laughs> bureaucracy and put that into Star Wars." Yeah. So it's kind of like an ever evolving thing. It's a real circle of oh, time is a flat circle, Daniel. <laughs> wow. Nothing gold can stay. <laughs> Quid pro quo. There you go. Uh, let's glory. wrap this sucker up and give our ratings just to remind people run of the mill bad film is a dare, next level bad, double dare and a movie we actually like reverse dare quirky rating for Reverse dare. Roger Christian's Battlefield Earth reverse dare. Re- Fuck yeah, reverse, reverse dare, dare, right? I liked it. Singular. I had fun. Singular. There is just not a bad movie like it. If, if yeah. the closest one that we've done is something like The Warrior and the Sorceress. Right. But it's like this movie costs literally like that movie costs less than a million. So it's at least 75 times as much. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably more. 100, 200, 300 times as much. This movie absolutely contradicts itself in, in scene to scene, every scene. And for no reason. For no, for no reason. reason. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, like, Turl is for one moment saying, like, a man animal cannot fire a gun. And then the next is like, Bring in the man animals who like fix my sea league and change it because it's crooked. Cyclos are at once imposing in the, the overrulers of earth and all other earths. And at the other time they're making the worst decisions so and bad. can't f- fucking stand up straight. And they can't fight off the men in a hand to hand combat. Right. Like one thing for, I guess, Harrier jets to beat their space jets, which didn't we have the Harrier jets <laughs> the first time? Like where were those Harrier jets? We were using everything except the Harrier jets. And the Harrier jets, they just sit there in air. It's not like a real Harrier jet can just rise up like that. They just sit there. <laughs> oh, it doesn't make any sense. Watch yeah. this movie. Have it's some amazing. fun with this it really movie. It's amazing. And John Travolta. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. This, One for the ages. He deserves a month, man. One for the ages, yes. He, he's our Nick Cage, I'm telling you. So that's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel in the month of Trovoltember, but we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com, and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes, Rat Brain, <laughs> or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can read more of my reviews on the Dare Daniel website and at daredaniel.com. Corky, where can people find you walking around in kiss boots and dreadlocks? Sir, I'm performing at the Academy. <laughs> I'll be there. For the home office? For 26 <laughs> credits a night and some curbango. Everyone's talking about the home office of this movie. Yeah. It's so fucking hilarious. <laughs> or the corporation. Yes. It's like, you're all just like kiss boot wearing like <laughs> nine foot tall freaks, but you're all like, oh, God, you look like that one. The, academy. the one meme where all those fucking trans kids are dancing under the freeway with their boots. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs>
Yeah, do that. Johnny's doing it. I'll be performing at Sacramento Comedy Spot Friday, Saturday nights. Come down, have fun, see shows, take classes. Sounds delicious. For Dear Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny Flores. He is an arrogant greener. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, uh, oh, 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 oh.